This is the first episode of season three. I'm Adam Klebsig, joined by co-host Michael Gaiman. How are you doing tonight, Michael? I'm great. I'm really excited for this season to start. Uh, whole new year and um, feeling great about it. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. Today's episode is going to be part preview, part current advice. So the first part, we're going to give you our top 20 players for the upcoming fantasy season. And in the second part, we are going to give you 11 players who, if you haven't drafted yet, you should look at with one of your last few picks. And if you've already drafted and you're already in the middle of your fantasy season, you need to go add them right now if they're on your waiver wire. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Top 20 players for the 2020 to 2021 fantasy season. right into it top 20 players for the upcoming fantasy season Um, just a disclaimer too these are our predictions for nine category head-to-head fantasy leagues this is not for roto this is not for points nine category head-to-head weekly matchups here's our top 20 players we're going to get things started off with a pretty easy pick this guy's been the top fantasy player for probably the last four or five season Um, but it is James Harden Um, yeah he's just an absolute beast obviously you're not going to be winning turnovers too much but just the categories that he's good at the points the free throws assists out of position rebounds steals and blocks he just he does it all Um, anything to add about Jim Harden Mike I agree with that. Uh, I believe James Harden is the unanimous number one pick. And as we all saw, the 26 against Portland, uh, he came back. You know, everyone's saying he's fat now, all that. Yeah, he dropped 44 and tied his career-high assist with 17. So, yeah. And I know those people are being weary about what team he's going to go to. Maybe I don't want to pick him number one. Well, we just saw what he did. He looks ready to go, and he hasn't missed a step. So, yeah, James Harden, number one pick. And even if he were to get traded and lose a little bit of value, he's so far ahead of number two that he's still going to be top five, even if he's not in as good of a situation as he is now. Um, But that's it for Harden. Moving on to number two, it's Anthony Davis. Um, He's also pretty far ahead of number three, in my opinion, um, but still not quite where Harden is. But Anthony Davis, you know, you just same same thing. You just get categories that he just dominates: steals, blocks, rebounds, points. He just does it all. Doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Um, anything to add about Anthony Davis, Michael? Yeah. So the one thing to keep in mind is he's already missing a back to back. And yeah, they said it's a leg bruise, whatever. But I feel like they're just kind of exaggerating that. Um, so be wary. Yeah, he's talent enough. His stats are top two value. But when they want to play four games in a week, he only plays two or three. That really hurts. So just think about that. But hey, when he's playing, he's a top two guy. He just hasn't had any blocks yet, though. But there's only been two games. But just something to think about. And the next player we are also in agreement on, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, He's definitely a punt free throw guy, but just assists, rebounds, points, both defensive stats. You know, he, he does it all. Doesn't shoot a whole lot of threes, but he can still get you a three per game. But, yeah, nothing really too much to talk about with Giannis he just he does what he does every year anything to add Michael yeah I mean if you have a third pick and Giannis isn't picked yet why wouldn't you pick him that's kind of where I'm going from he's going to get you over 11 rebounds all this field goal good points back-to-back MVP top three guy I agree all right and now our number four and number five Michael and I have swapped so we'll just talk about those two players in one so I have Carl Anthony Towns at four and Luka Doncic at five. Michael has Luka at four and Kat at five. 
Um, so Michael, what, what's your rationale for having Luca ahead of cat? Uh, almost a triple double threat. Uh, he's only going to get better and better as we've seen the passive players, you know, progression the earlier years in the season, um, slightly more upside. Yeah. He does hurt your field goal at times turnover. So you might not necessarily punt, but he's going to hurt you some wires. Cat doesn't hurt you really anywhere, but he wasn't really explode as much as Luca does. Like cat will get you, let's say 28 and 12. That's great. That's amazing. Maybe three three pointers. That's about as high as he gets, though. Or Luke can go off for forty plus here and there, usage, everything. But there's no really wrong answer. I just prefer Luca in the top four. It's a little bit riskier because you know he's younger and Cats kind of has no weaknesses. But I, I don't know. I just I think he's gonna kick ass this year. I mean MVP probably. And really, if you have a pick that high, you, you're really not wrong by picking either of these two players. You're not going to win or lose your draft with that pick. Um, both are studs, and both are just going to rack in the stats. Um, I have Cat slightly ahead just because I don't think – I don't think you – if you don't have to and you can get a player that good that early that doesn't force you to punt any categories – I think you go for it, and really, Cat and AD are only those. They're the only two players that you can get that high that are like that. Um, Harden is the one exception, just because he's so ridiculously good at the categories that he's good at that you just you have to take him number one if he's there. Um, but yeah, that's why I have Cat slightly ahead. But again, you you just you can't go wrong with either of them that high. Um, Next player. Uh, really quick, breaking news. So, Cat is actually hurt. He uh, had surgery, I believe, on that uh, left or right. I can't remember which wrist. But he had a wrist injury last year that kept him out for a lot of the season. Uh, he just got that hurt again, and he's going to be missing about a week or two. He's currently uh, like O, like IR stuff. So, just something to think about if you have him, if you haven't drafted yet, whatever it is, Cat is already hurt. So, just keep that in mind. That is an interesting development because Cat is known for his health and just being able to stay healthy. Um, yeah, we'll have to same, keep... It's the same wrist, too, so I don't know. Just something to think about. Yeah, definitely something to monitor. Um, next player that we have, we both agree on, um, and that's Steph Curry. We have him at six. Um, I think a lot of this is just banking on him returning to form. You know, he was hurt for most of last year. Um, but before that, you know, he's been a top five fantasy player. So really the only thing that's keeping him out of the top five is just banking on that improvement from year two to year three from Luka. And just considering that the Warriors are going to be a little more cautious with stuff since he was injured and missed almost all of last year. Um, anything to add on stuff, Mike? Well, just with Clay Thompson being out, um, it, his ball is going to be in his hands a lot more, a lot more usage. Uh, so far, again, it's early, but he hasn't got over 21 points yet. He, he just got 20 as most, but he's getting his steals. He's making his threes. He's getting rebounds, and his assists are great too. So uh, he'll be great, top six. I don't even want to say slow start, but yeah. Top six, good. One of the best point guards out there. Yep. And next player we also agree on. And at seven, we have LeBron James. Uh, pretty straightforward triple-double machine. It's going to hurt your free throws a little bit. But I'm not really too worried about it. I know there's all this talk about LeBron might miss games just because the Lakers played so deep into the calendar year with the – temporary shutdown of the season last year but I still think LeBron's gonna play in pretty much every game and yeah he's gonna give you that top 10 value that he has delivered for the past few years yeah that's the thing about top 10 value and you're talking about a forward who led the league last year in assists so that's just amazing right there you know we get forwards you think more rebounds points stuff like that but he he will get you a lot of assists Again, it's only been two games so far, but uh, he's averaging about 30 minutes a game, so that's good. And he's already getting 10 assists and steals, rebounds. He looks like LeBron. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, if he's there at seven, why wouldn't you take him? All right, and so at eight and nine, it's sort of like four and five. We have the same two players just flip-flopped, so we'll talk about those two in one. So for eight and nine, I have Lillard followed by Jokic. 
Michael has Jokic followed by Lillard. So we, yeah, I don't probably like four and five. I don't think you can really go wrong with either Lillard or Jokic that late in the first round. Um, yeah, I have Lillard slightly ahead of Jokic. Um, just because the points for Lillard exploded last year, almost 30 points per game. Obviously, if you have Lillard, you're probably going to be punting field goal. Um, but yeah, just the assists, the points, he, he's sort of like a mini James Harden, if you will. Um, Jokic is a very different player. Um, the reason why I have him slightly below is just because I think it's so important to nail down those points in the first round because that finding a player that gets you over 25 points per game, it just disappears probably after your first 15 picks. So I just think, you know, you get Lillard there, nail that down. That's why I give him the slight edge. Um, so, Michael, how about you? Why do you have Jokic slightly ahead of Lillard? He's just a hybrid. He's very unique. He gets all the rebounds and assists. And I personally think getting that uh, center big boy spot early, because I feel like later in the draft there's not as more talent, that's kind of good. Uh, whether there's – on the flip side, there's point guards everywhere. But – um Jokic, I mean, even this season so far, he's doing well. Uh, Lillard has a slow start, but that won't matter. And didn't Lillard finish top three last year in fantasy? Yeah, Lillard was the third best fantasy player last year in nine cat. Yeah, I'm just taking him nine still. I don't think he's going to do that again, but I still think he's going to be a top 10 player. Um, I don't want to say last year was an anomaly, but I mean, the thing with Jokic and Lillard, I have him at Jokic at eight, Lillard at nine. It's almost like a personal preference thing at that point. I mean, at that point, it's like what team are you a fan of or how do you want to build your team because they're just both such amazing players. It's such a small margin. But Jokic is just so unique. Lillard is just a high-volume shooter. So kind of a preference thing. All right. And next, we both have the same player at number 10, and that's Kevin Durant. Um, in a normal year, we would probably have him higher. Yeah. It's just you don't know if – are the Nets going to sit him on back-to-backs? You just don't know what it's going to look like after he's coming off an injury as serious as the one that he suffered. Um, but yeah, the upside is simply too good to ignore. That's why I think you know 10 is probably the right spot for KD. I wouldn't want to let him slip much further. Um, the nine guys that we have ahead of Kevin Durant, though, I think you would definitely need to take them ahead of KD just because that injury risk or uncertainty around an injury isn't there maybe a little bit with stuff but it's just a completely different type of injury it's not something like an Achilles anything to add about KD I mean if KD is there at 10 you'd be a full I mean you're going to see the other players we have 11 12 etc but KD needs to be picked 10 he needs to be picked in the first round well even if it's uh a 12-man league, 8-man league, whatever, just get him in the first round. And if, guess what? If KD ends up being a little hurt here and there, it doesn't matter. He's going to be averaging at least 25 points per game. So it's going to be a good pick. Uh, you're not going to look dumb. <laughs> and, yeah, he's a top-10 player. And everyone else above him has actually played a lot. The only thing with Curry is he, the whole team's on him. I'm not saying Kyrie Irving is going to take all these shots away from KD, but Kyrie Irving is still an all-star, while Curry just has Draymond, who is going to pass the ball to Curry. But, uh, yeah, KD, top 10. And if you get him at 10, I think it, it might even be a steal, honestly. All right. And the next player we both agree on at 11, we have Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's sort of – I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this. So with Kawhi, you know there's – injury risk but you sort of know how they're going to handle it you know if you knew Kawhi wasn't going to sit back to backs he's a top five pick easy but that's the thing you almost know that he is going to sit in back to backs mm -hmm. and that they're just going to occasionally rest him so I think that's why 11 is the right spot for him because on a per game basis he's close to a top five player um, yeah, actually he is a top five player on a per game basis, but the problem is you just know you're not going to get a full season of games out of him. You know it. So it's just tough to take him inside of the top 10. Um, but I think 
after Kawhi, there's a bit of a drop-off. So I think 11's the right spot because, you know, for the games that he does play, he just he dominates. So I don't really think you can let him slide much further. Um, anything to add about Kawhi, Michael? I mean, I literally agree with everything you just said about when he plays. When he plays, he's good. I mean, he's played two games so far and has uh, six steals. Um, but guess what? He's already missing a game. Like we're already, he's missing a third game in a season. So exactly to Adam's point. But if he was more consistent in playing games, he's a lot higher. So eleven is an appropriate spot for him, I believe. All right, and so number twelve, Michael and I have different players, and this is going to be a little interesting. They're both point guards. So I have Kyrie Irving at twelve. Michael has Trey Young. So bit of a different approach here. The reason why I have Kyrie at twelve. Um, so he was a top 10 fantasy player last year on a per game basis. The thing is just the injury risk with him. Like I can see why Michael doesn't have him at 12 and it's gotta be because of the injury risk. You know, he is hurt pretty much every year it seems, and it's not usually something small. It's usually something where you're going to miss a month, two months, and it's just frustrating when you have a player like that, especially when you pick him so high. Um, but his upside is just so tantalizing, and he finally pushed into the top ten on a per game basis last year. Um, so I think you just you got to do it. You got to go after him at twelve. Um, so Michael has Trey Young at twelve. I'll turn it over to him. Allow him to explain that. Uh, Trey Young, year three. We all know how year three goes with explosive players like Trey Young that we've seen the past two years. He almost he reminds me of uh, Damian Lillard as far as explosive shooting threes. He has almost can shoot from anywhere on the court. The range is insane, and he's known to get a lot of assists. Yeah, he's not the best defense. He might be actually one of the worst defensive players, but that's what you get in a small point guard. But you know, year three, I think he's going to explode. Last year, he averaged. Um, basically 30 points per game so I don't see him getting worse also the Hawks they're motivated they reamp their team they're doing well he's gonna just do better and it's hard if he's gonna do better than last year that's amazing that's easily top 12 value and uh Kyrie yeah when he plays it's kind of like uh Kawhi Leonard when he plays he's yeah maybe a top 10 guy but the dude has not been consistent health-wise the past three four years um, I just don't trust him personally. Kind of a weirdo too. Gets in trouble sometimes. It's just I don't need that headache. But hey, man, when he's playing, he's he's doing the right thing. So, but I just think Trey just has more upside, and he also doesn't have that injury injury risk that Kyrie always has. But um, if you pick Kyrie at twelve, I don't think you're insane. It's just you're kind of uh, banking on him playing more games than usual. All right, and at number thirteen, we both have the same guy. We have. Bradley Beal, Washington Wizards. Um, Going to be a little different this year because he's playing with Russell Westbrook instead of John Wall. Although the last two years he wasn't playing with John Wall because of John Wall being hurt. So I think he takes a little bit of a dip since he's going to be playing next to a point guard that needs the ball in their hands a little bit more than, you know, Shabazz Napier, who he was playing with last year. Um so I mean, I really only think that's going to hurt his assists a little bit. He's still going to eat. He's still going to get you 25 a game with three threes and a steal and a block per game. Um, yeah, Beal's just been consistently one of the top 15 fantasy players for probably the last three to four years. Pretty straightforward. You know he's not going to push into the top 10 but you know he's not going to fall out of the top 20 either. So I think he's just really solid there. Anything to add about Beal, Mike? Yeah, you got to get him in the early second round. Uh, three games in, he's already averaging 30 points. Uh, he's pushing 40 minutes per game. Uh, he's kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Trey Young and stuff, just a very big volume shooter. You either ride or die with him. But easy uh, second-round pick, early second-round pick. Uh, I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to take away his usage that much. I mean, we saw Russell with Harden last year, and look how that turned out. Harden was amazing. Um, Beal's only going to get better and better, too, I believe. More motivated with Washington. Got John Wall out. New culture kind of thing. Yeah, get Beal in the early second round. 13 is uh, appropriate. All right. And so at 14, we have different players. I have Joel Embiid. Michael has Kyrie Irving. 
So we're going to talk mostly about Embiid. We already mm-hmm. talked about Kyrie. It makes sense to have him at 14. Um, so with Embiid, the reason why I have him all the way up here at 14 is just because um, they no longer have Josh Richardson or Al Horford there. Um, and if you look at Embiid, the, um, not last season, but the twenty. The 2018 to 2019 season, Embiid was averaging almost 30 and 15 and was a top 10 fantasy player on a per game basis. So I just think without Al Horford and Josh Richardson around, he's going to get the ball a little bit more. And I think that's going to allow him to push up into the top 15, possibly top 10 if you know, something doesn't go right for one of those other guys that we have in the top 10. Um, but we'll see. I'm really high on Joel Embiid, and I think we're going to see him produce numbers close to that 2018 to 2019 season. Yeah, we're only two games in, but he's already averaging 28 points and 12 rebounds. So there's that. However, it looks like he is um, – he, Adam, what do you think? Do you think he's going to be a, a liability on the day-to-days – or not – I'm sorry, uh, back-to-backs? You never know. So last year they didn't sit him in all back-to-backs. It was just occasionally. Um, But yeah, him already sitting out the first back-to-back of the year is not promising. With the East as competitive as it's going to be this year, though, I don't think the Sixers are going to be able to get away with doing that for every single back-to-back, considering that there's going to be more this year due to the shortened season. What's crazy is, uh, and agree or disagree, uh, I believe that last year, like if we were to do this last year, top 20, we probably would have had him beat in the top 10. What do you think? Or maybe top 12 at least? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely would have. Yeah, so he fell. Um, so, yeah, he's 14 for Adam. And then actually going on next, uh, Embiid's 15 for me. So he's not far off, clearly. I don't have him 16, 18, 20, whatever. I only have him one spot, you know, more than Adam. But yeah, Embiid, everything he said, I agree with Adam, and he has a lot of potential. Getting Al Horford out and more ball uh, dominant to him. And again, he's young. He's only going to get better. Yep. And so, Michael, as you just said, he has Embiid at 15. At 15, I have Jimmy Butler. Um, He was a monster last season with Miami. Um, I don't think much is going to change for him. I don't think he's really going to produce more or less. Um, I just like him at 15. I, that's probably a little higher than most people would have Butler. I just like him there because he's typically healthy. It's, you know, you know what you're going to get. You know he's not going to fall out of the top 20, 25. You know he's not going to push into the top 10 most likely. It's just a very safe, stable pick there at 15. And, you know, around this area is where, I don't want to say the talent drops off significantly, but some of the other guys that we have ahead of Butler, you know, you're you're or after Butler, you're just you don't have the same upside as, you know, like a Kawhi or a Kyrie or an Embiid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you're missing out on that sort of top 10 upside, just take the guy that you know is going to be top 20. Yeah, and I don't even think Butler's a top 18 player, but top 20 is always good. First, here's the thing. When you pick your first two rounds, those are your guys. So you're not going to get a bad player unless you're crazy. But uh, the cool thing about Butler is whenever you're like you, if you have him on your team or not, and you see all his stats, there's not a lot of zeros. He gets a little bit of here, a little bit of there, maybe a little block, a steal, I don't know, 18 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. That, that's what's nice about him. He doesn't really get a lot of zeros in a lot of things. He spreads the stats around. He kind of does a little bit of everything, and that's what does make him a, definitely a top 20 player. He's going to play minutes. He's hungry. But, uh, yeah, I don't have him in top 15, but um, he makes a top 20 for me. We'll get there later. And he's especially good to pair with a guy like Jokic, Steph, or Cat if you get them in the first round, even AD just because you're not punting anything with one of those players. Um, So number 16, we have the same guy. We got Devin Booker. Um, He was just an absolute monster last year. Um, I think he's going to do good things again. Uh, Don't think he has quite as much upside as, you know, a Kawhi, a Kyrie, a Beal, an Embiid. You know, he he may have more upside than Jimmy Butler, but now with Chris Paul being in Phoenix, 
I think the assists could take a little bit of a hit. Um, you know, he's going to be sharing the ball a little bit more. I don't know if he's going to quite score 30 points like he did last year. Um, but still a firm second-round guy. Anything to add about uh, Devin Booker, Michael? He's just very high usage. Again, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but with his younger guys, he's only going to progress year and as the years go on. So in Phoenix, looks like they are making a playoff push, trying to get into the playoffs or something. So uh, I think he might honestly be the same as last year, if not maybe two points more per game. Um, top 20 guy. Yeah, we have him at 16 each. Um not much else. I just know he's high usage. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, and that's a good thing. Like You want that for your fantasy, your best fantasy players. So, Other than that, I agree with what you said. And, and at 17, I finally have Trey Young here. Ooh. Michael has Paul George, so we have two different players here. The reason why I had Trey Young not as high as some of these other guys is simply because – He forces you into a certain build, which I don't know if I like to do this early in the draft, but he's not going to get you any defensive stats. There's no rebounds. You're going to be punting field goal. He is dominant in the categories that he's good at, and he's honestly, he's a great player to pair with a Damian Lillard or a James Harden, even a Luka, um, you know, where you have a player where you're probably punting field goal. Um yeah, that's why I have him a little bit lower. If he could even get the steals up to like 1.3, 1.4, 1. 1.5 per game, then I think that pushes him into the top 15. Um, but until we see that, or and same thing with the rebounds. If he could just get like five per game, right. just that little bit more, then he would push into the top 15 for yeah. me. But in, And he could do that this year. But until I see it, I have him slightly out of the top 15, but he's still a top 20 guy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Michael, you have Paul George here. I actually have him next at 18. So, um, yeah, let's talk about Paul George a little bit. Yeah, I really don't want him to put him at 17. I just feel like he's going to have a really good year this year versus – I mean, even last year he did well, but it was a little bit over underwhelming. Uh, I believe he has that shoulder finally fixed. We've heard that before, but – if you have like the 18th, 19th, 20 pick and Paul George is still there, that's an absolute steal. I think 17 is a decent spot to put him. I mean, it kind of gets opinion like Adam has him at 18. You know, it's only like a spot or two difference, still a top 20 guy. Um, but after what happened last year in the playoffs, I'm hoping he just wants to put more work in and do better. Um, he's still going to get you that 25 points per game. And he's small forwards are uh, hard to come by, like really good small forwards. And he's going to get a lot of you know usage. He's going to play a lot. So I think he deserves to be a top 18 guy, yeah. And honestly, the reason why he's so late in the second is just because of the inconsistency yeah. from year to year. You know, like last year, he was barely a top 30 player. His last season with Oklahoma City, he was a top five player. And that's sort of the pattern we see with Paul George. He'll have, you know, a top 10 year, and then he'll have a year where he's barely in the top 30. So you just don't really know. Like You you don't want to take him in the first round because there's a good chance he doesn't deliver first-round value. But at the same time, you don't want to let him slip into the third because he could give you first-round value. You just don't know with him year to year. Yeah, Paul George in the third round is insane. I'll tell you that right now. If you're in the early third round and Paul George is there, take him, take him, take him. Just just saying. I could see people not really trusting him based off of strictly last year. But you got to look more into the history than that. All right. And so, like I said, I have Paul George at 18. Michael has Russell Westbrook at 18, who is also who I have at 19. So we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook for a little bit. Um, You know, the triple-double machine. Uh, You're most likely punting field goal with him. You might be punting free throw. It's hard to tell. He's off to a rocky start this year. Um, Two years ago, he absolutely turned you into a punt free throw team but last year the free throws weren't too bad um but yeah he's gonna be playing in Washington now so he's not sharing the ball with Harden so there could be a little more upside this year anything to add with Russell Westbrook 
He's in the East, new conference. He's going to be extra motivated, wants to be the floor general. He's played two games already, already has two. He's already averaging a triple-double. I know it's two games, but like he picked up right where he left off. He's definitely a top-20 guy, but here is the thing. And I know we, earlier we discussed uh, uh, Anthony Davis potentially with the back-to-backs and all that. No, what Russell Westbrook will not be playing back-to-backs. And if he does, it might happen once or twice. Like, it was established before the season started, and we're already in their third game in, and he it literally says rest. Like, it doesn't say anything, he's hurt. So, you that's the thing. That's tough. That's why I think he's down so low, because a guy that's going to give you a triple-double, you're like, why isn't he a top-ten player? Why? Well, one, field goal, like Adam mentioned. He's atrocious on a field goal. It's terrible. And two, the guy's not going to play. If the Washington plays three or four games in a week, expecting to play two or three. He's going to miss one. And that's a big difference. You can get a guy later that is going to play more games and it will possibly offset that. So that's why Westbrook Westbrook's in, you know, 18, 19 range versus he'd be higher if he played more. But um, yeah, I mean, triple doubles, that's amazing. And from a point guard, getting 10 rebounds. Love it. Yeah. The out of position rebounds are very nice from Westbrook. Um, but yeah, another thing to add to, I think the uncertainty around his free throw percentage is really frustrating just because when you have a punt field goal guy, you typically bank on them having good free throw. That's typically, you know, one of the categories your team's going to be strong in if you're punting field goal and just having a guy with the volume of free throws that Westbrook takes and not knowing if he's going to be, you know, a 70% or 80% free throw shooter, that's that's a lot of uncertainty. And with him also sitting out most of the back-to-backs, there's just there's a lot of risk around Westbrook. But triple-double machine, you can't let him fall out of the second oh, round. Oh, yeah. If you get Russell Westbrook in a third round, you, you – amazing. <laughs> so – Keep that in mind, I guess. But I don't think he will fall that far. But, yeah, top 20 guy. Get get him in a second round. Yep. And so, like I said, I have Westbrook at 19. Michael had him at 18. At 19, Michael has Jimmy Butler, which we talked about earlier. Um, I think it's pretty easy to see why Michael has him here. He's a consistent second-round guy. I had him a little higher just because – I think he's a little bit safer than, you know, a Paul George or a Russell Westbrook where you're, you know, it's a little bit more of a gamble. Butler, you know, is going to get you that second round value. You know, with Paul George and Westbrook, they might give you third round value. They might give you fourth round value. They could also give you first round value. So it's just a little bit more of a gamble. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, the 20th person, the 20th on our ranking here, we have the same person. But before I mention him, I want to give some honorable mentions that have not made the top 20. The likes of Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons. They're great guys. If you get them in the second round, it's not a bad thing. I just don't think they're making the mark. But uh, Adam, who do we got at 20? Um, we have Zion Williamson. Another honorable mention I think you could throw in there is John Collins. But yeah, we have Zion at 20. Um, a lot of people will probably have him higher. Um, one thing that I guess puts him right at 20 instead of like 15, 16, 17. Number one, just the sheer amount of studs. I mean, you the 19 players that we just listed are all the same. You know, and so we have the same 20 players in our top 20, just in different order. Um, But the reason why, um, you know, Zion, I guess, isn't a sure thing to be like top 15, top 10 is the defensive stats. You know, he did look really good when he came back from his meniscus tear last year, but we didn't see the steals and the blocks that we saw at Duke. And I think before we declare Zion, you know, that top 15 or, you know, top 12 guy even, we need to see the defensive stats first. Well, on the December 27th, played the Spurs, uh, Zion got five steals and one block. So it's something to look forward to. He kind of reminds me of a mini Giannis. He's going to get a ton of rebounds, good field goal, getting a good points. I mean, if he gets 18 points, that's like not a good night for him. And that, that shows you how good he is. So um, definitely, Zion, if you give him the third round, I think that's kind of a steal. So that's kind of like my logic of why I believe he's a top 20 player. 
So, um, yeah, I disagree with Adam, but he's kind of like a mini Giannis, and we know how good Giannis is. And field goal, Giannis, not Giannis, uh, Zion should have a great field goal. Yeah, and, and I guess one thing we should mention, it definitely looks like he's going to be a punt free throw player. Um, with the high volume and the low percentage, it just looks like you're going to have to boot that category if you have Zion. Um, if you don't, then it's he's going to neutralize it. Um, but on the contrary, yeah, he there will be weeks where he will win you field goal percentage. Same thing, extremely high volume, and a lot of his attempts are close to the basket, so he doesn't miss much. Well, I did not realize this, not to knock on him, but that guy does not get any assist. So just keep in mind, if, with your first pick who you picked, you can really compare or pair anyone you want, but if you pick someone like uh, Harden or... Steph or LeBron, so he gets a ton of assists. I mean, I don't know Zion. I didn't realize how low assists were. Yeah, that that was not one of his strong suits at Duke either, or even last year. Um, so definitely, yeah, definitely something to watch there. But the scoring, the field goal, the rebounds, and hopefully the defensive stats. We'll just have to wait and see if that continues. Should be strong points for Zion. But all those players we just listed, if you see any of them slip to the third round, you, just be happy. Be grateful. Yeah, absolutely. So that is our top 20 players for the 2020 to 2021 fantasy basketball season. And for the second segment, we have 11 players for you. If you haven't drafted yet, you should take a flyer on these guys with one of your last few picks. Um, And if your season has started, then if any of these guys are on your waiver wire, I would go and add them if you have an open spot. So we're going to get right into it. First guy is Alec Burks on the New York Knicks. Um, He hasn't started yet. But he is coming off the bench, and he's getting a ton of minutes. There's not really a ton of scoring on the Knicks. Um, you know, I guess R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, um, that's sort of what you're looking at. Um, so Alec Burks, he's going to have a lot of opportunity there. Um, and early on in the season, it looks like he's capitalizing on it. Yeah, in three games, he's already averaging slightly over 20 points. Uh, he's getting steals. He's getting a block per game almost. He's getting rebounds. Kind of, it's like a very lower, lower version of Butler in a way. Kind of does a little bit of everything, but it's a nice surprise. I know it's early, but so far he's consistent. And what Adam said with the whole New York situation, Alec Burks. I mean, he's on that wing, three and D kind of guy. He'll knock down shots. So uh, yeah, if uh, you have room, I'd snag him. Yep. Um, next two players we're gonna talk about in one because they're on the same team, same sort of situation. Um, but Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson, San Antonio Spurs. Um, so obviously we know Derek White is out right now with the toe injury. So there's a little bit of room for playing time on the wings. And both Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson have been starting. They're getting a lot of minutes, a lot of usage, and both have been playing really well. Um, their games are honestly pretty similar. You're going to get points, some threes, some rebounds, uh, some steals. But, yeah, both of them, until Derek White comes back and one or both of them start to lose value, um, I think you got to, if either of them are available, pick them up and see what happens. Yeah, and if you're asking, well, which one, guys, Lonnie or Keldon? I mean, come on now. It's really personal preference and based on your team build because they do play similar but I think Keldon Johnson gets more rebounds, but Lonnie Walker will make you make more threes. So it kind of depends what you want, but definitely these two guys are playing a lot of minutes now and consistent minutes, and you know the more minutes you play, the more chances you have an opportunity to get stats. So definitely take a look at that Spurs team and uh, those two small forward shooting guard kind of guys. All right, and next two players uh... – We'll lump together because they play for the same team. But we're looking at Darius Garland and Larry Nance Jr. on the Cavs. Um, So with Garland, um, you know, he's starting at point guard. Colin Sexton is starting alongside him at shooting guard. Um, 
But, you know, that first rookie season, he had injuries on and off, looked kind of lost out there. He hadn't really played a whole lot his freshman year at Vanderbilt, so it was sort of to be expected. Um, but he looks more comfortable now. Um, first two games really promising from him. Um, yeah, Garland, he looks great, and I think with his upside, you, you just you got to gotta give him a look. He's in three games. He's already averaging over eight assists per game. That came out of nowhere. Last year, he had not even four. So he's doubling it. Yeah, it's three games. But another thing about Garland, he's playing a lot of minutes. And the Cavs are now 3-0. and Everything's looking good. Um, yeah, Dar- I mean, Darius Garland's probably already owned your league. But if he's there, I mean, I'm sure you're aware, definitely pick him. I don't see him slowing down at this point. There's no reason. I mean, I know uh, Porter uh, Jr.'s out, but... Garland seems to be established as a starter, playing a lot of minutes, a 3-0. and He's dishing the ball out well. So, yeah, look at him. Yeah, and with Larry Nance Jr., this really comes from Tristan Thompson not being around. Um, obviously, you got Kevin Love and Andre Drummond there. Um, but other than that, you know, you're really only looking at JaVale McGee. And they're obviously going to give Larry Nance Jr. priority over JaVale McGee as far as minutes go. Um, And we know when Larry Nance Jr. plays, he is a fantasy stud. So really, it's just a minutes thing. As long as he's getting 25 to 30 minutes, you know he's going to produce. And I think he'll get that with Tristan Thompson in Boston. Absolutely. He's definitely playing more minutes and consistently high minutes. And in the three games they've played so far this season, Larry Nance has seven steals. That is nice. Yeah, and that's that's always been a thing with him is he will just get you defensive stats. He's a beast in both steals and blocks. Um, all right, so moving on, um, we're going to go over to the Chicago Bulls, and we are looking at the rookie, Patrick Williams. Um, so he is starting at small forward. Otto Porter is coming off the bench, um, but he's looked good in the first few games. He's getting the minutes, and other than Zach Levine, there, and I mean maybe Kobe White, But mainly Zach Levine, there's not really a whole lot of scoring on the Bulls. Um, I guess you could mention Laurie Markkinen. Um, Yeah, he's going to have opportunity. He's getting minutes, and the early returns look promising. So I would definitely take a flyer on Patrick Williams. Yeah, out of our list of 11 guys we want you to add and look at, he's definitely not one of my favorite ones, but I think Adam definitely is correct on this as far as opportunity and minutes. He has a lot of upside, I believe. Um, He's not been terrible in the three games. He's been decent. It's worth looking at. He's had at least a block per game in the last three games. That's nice to see. But um, I think it's more opportunity and upside than anything. Yeah. And all right, so moving on to the next player, we're going up to Detroit. We're looking at Mason Plumley. So on a contending team, Mason Plumley is a backup center. But if you remember, oh, what was it? Either three or four years ago, when Mason Plumley was the starting center on Portland, um, he was close to a top fifty player. He was averaging a double double per game getting close to five assists, a block and a steal, good field goal percentage. He was really only hurting you uh, in free throw. Um, But yeah, he's going to be in a similar situation in Detroit. He is the starting center. He's getting minutes. And his first few stat lines look really reminiscent of when he was the starting center in Portland before they traded him uh, to Denver for... Uh, none other than Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he ends the season with damn near a double-double with uh, some defensive stats. And he, the thing, he gets assists, man. He's a center that likes to pass the ball. I mean, not last year he didn't really get much, but so far he's two games. He has 11 assists, and especially a guy that's probably on the waiver wire. So, yeah. Yeah, the out-of-position assists are very nice. Um, yeah, Mason Plumley, Detroit Pistons, if he's out there, you got to grab him. Um, the next guy is, oh man, most people are probably not even going to recognize this name, but we are talking about Lugens Dort, Dort. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so this guy, he got more playing time once the season went to the bubble last year and he looked decent, 
Um, but with all the changes that the Thunder made this year, they're outside of Shea Gilgis Alexander and Al Horford, there's really not a whole lot of uh scoring. I mean, you got Darius Basley, we know he's gonna get opportunity. Um the Thunder are invested in him, but you got George Hill too. Um, and then your other starters, Lou Gens Dort, and he, you know, he's gonna get you the defensive stats, the rebounds. He's not gonna be the most efficient guy, um, but he can get you a three here and there. Um, but it's just the opportunity. You know, he's gonna play thirty minutes and the Thunder, there's just not a whole lot there and he's going to get chances. Yeah, I fell in love with this guy last year in the bubble. I love him. I think he's awesome. I mean, he's only played one game, but he got 35 minutes in that game with 15 points, a block, and a steal, and five rebounds. I mean, I think he'll get better and better. He'll be more familiar and consistent. It's only one game we can look at right now, but I think there's a lot of potential for him. And like what Adam said is really important. You notice if you uh, play fantasy basketball for a while now, it's those teams are really either bad or just kind of like a new look where there's not a lot of opportunity for guys. That's Those are sometimes the best players to pick. So um, like a random guy in the Kings in the last two or three years. You know what I mean? That, that guy could take you to the next level. It just happens sometimes. And I think Dort is going to be that guy this year. Already a lot of minutes. He proved himself last year in the bubble. He's, his first game looks good. So yeah, definitely look at Dort. I like him. And since you mentioned the Kings, let's move on to Harrison Barnes. We sort of know what Harrison Barnes is at this point, um, but he's just a guy that often gets overlooked. I mean, he's always a fringe top 100 guy. He's never firmly in or firmly firmly out. Um, but yeah, it, in the first few games, the Kings played him mostly at power forward. He starts at small forward, but then it seems pretty quickly that Holmes is out, Bagley slides over to center, and uh, Harrison Barnes slides over to power forward. He just gets a ton of minutes. You know he's going to score. He'll get you a few rebounds, maybe a steal, probably not any blocks or assists, but you know he's just that fringe rosterable guy that if you're just looking for some decent value late, you you rely on him ironically you say that because uh, adam and i we have, we're in the same draft and uh i kept looking at the board as it dwindled down later rounds i kept keeping an eye on harrison barnes i didn't really like fully fully want him but it, it was very interesting and he kept sliding and sliding and sliding and by the end of it no one ended up picking him and i'm like hmm interesting now he's already he's getting a lot of rebounds getting a lot of minutes uh, a little bit better than I thought, and it's funny because no one else picked him. You know, he was he went undrafted in our league, so um, but now he's like proven us wrong, kind of. He might be rosterable, so uh, take a look at him in the waiver wire if you're there, and if you have the room, it might be worth the uh, pickup. Yeah, and that's interesting that you mentioned the rebounds are looking good because that could be the product of him playing more minutes at power forward rather than mm -hmm. small forward. And he's uh, eligibility-wise, uh, power forward and small forward. So that's I, didn't, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, and if Holmes and Whiteside aren't going to play a lot of minutes with them using Bagley at center, there's just going to be more boards available. Mm -hmm. All right, next player we're going to go over to the Memphis Grizzlies. We're looking at Kyle Anderson. Um, it's going to be tough to know if this is going to be sustainable or not. Um, because obviously Jaron Jackson Jr., he is out. Um, we know he'll be returning probably sometime in mid to late January, and then at that point he's going to slide in as the starting power forward. But right now Kyle Anderson is starting at power forward, and he is doing a lot with the opportunity. I don't really think Brandon Clark is a threat to Kyle Anderson's minutes because I think they like Clark and that backup big off the bench role. Um, yeah, Kyle Anderson, it, just like when he was with the Spurs, it was always an issue of opportunity. When he got chances, he played well. Yeah, I really have a lot to say about him just in the first two games this season. With the starting, he's getting a lot of minutes. He's uh, I feel like everyone here is getting a lot of rebounds, but he's definitely one of them. Um, other than that, I don't know with Jackson. If you want to pick him up, I don't. Don't go into it. Don't bet on being a long term. That's all I'm saying. But if you're if you have someone that's really bad in your roster now, or you can afford to pick up and he's there, it might be seriously worth considering looking at. Um, 
again, opportunity, like Adam mentioned, he's getting it and he's looking well so far. So, yeah, and he is versatile enough where Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. Um, they could just slide him over to small forward and he could still have a similar role. So it's not like you know for sure when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back that he's going to lose value. It's simply a possibility. Um, next guy, this is a guy that just he's overlooked year after year, yep. but every single year you look at his stats at the end of the year and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. And we're talking about Tim Hardaway Jr., Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, last year he averaged 16 points per game and three three-pointers, yet – He's probably on the waiver wire for a lot of your leagues. I like what's what's going on. He's a likable guy. I don't get it. But uh, so far, the three games, he's um, hasn't got thirty minutes yet. But he's getting to the high twenty minutes. But he's scoring points. He's making threes. He's getting rebounds. And in three games, he has three steals. So that's worth looking at. But I, he's definitely not gonna do. Uh, no, he will get steals. Yeah, no, he should be rostered. I believe. Yeah, volume. he's a big volume guy. And he's just he's sort of like Harrison Barnes at this point. We know what he is as a player, and you know he's not going to do anything too crazy, but he's just consistent, reliable. Um, he's in a stable role with the Mavericks, and yeah, he's a guy. If he is out there, go give him a look. Take him with the last pick in your draft and see what happens. Yeah, he um – won't be the best guy in your team, but I, I don't think he really belongs in the free agency waiver wire. All right, and those are our 11 players that you need to go add right now if they're on your waiver wire or take a flyer on late in your draft. All right, and that will do it for episode one of season three of Habanero Hoops. Next week, we'll be giving you more of a traditional podcast where we wrap up the previous week. We'll talk about injuries and how that will affect certain guys' situations. And if there's any more guys that become apparent waiver wire ads, we will be sure to let you know. We'll also add uh, studs and duds listed on the week. And um, would you rather near the end? Uh, Adam, I'm just happy to be here. Hopefully this uh, season doesn't get interrupted like last year, but I'm glad we're back. And so far, it looks everything seems exciting. Yeah, it really is great to have NBA basketball back. And yeah, like Michael said, hopefully there are no interruptions and we can just have a nice, safe season. Until next time.